You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Blue Jays reporter Gregor Chisholm. And Gregor, uh, first podcast of 2016, so we'll start there. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you as well. All right. Now we're getting to the point in the hot stove season where things are quieting down a little bit. The Blue Jays have done most of their work already. So, you know, what's left on the shopping list as far as Toronto goes? Yeah, it's mostly kind of depth options at this point. I think for the most part, uh, they feel like a lot of the heavy lifting has been done uh, with some of the moves that they made early on, uh, You know, bringing in guys like Jesse Chavez and Jay Happ. Um, I think what they're looking for now is more kind of those those depth options, both both in the bullpen and, and in the starting rotation. So obviously they're going to continue trying to look uh, to add to the minor league depth as well because that's something that was really lacking at the upper level. So uh, I think in the coming weeks you'll see probably more guys signed to minor league deals, some more guys brought into camp to try and compete for jobs. Uh, but unless something changes, it doesn't seem like they're going to uh, make another big splash with some of the guys who are still out there on the open market. You mentioned those minor league deals, and since we last spoke, they've brought in Roberto Hernandez on a minor league deal, Brad Penny on a minor league deal. Both those guys will be invited to spring training. And those are guys, Roberto Hernandez, obviously uh, once known as Fausto Carmona, but those are name guys that people have heard of. The question, I guess, is how much is left in the tank for, for each of those guys? Yeah, exactly. And I, I think it would be surprising if, if either, I mean, especially uh, Brad Penny would, will, will be someone who's going to start in the minors. Roberto Hernandez has, has an outside shot at coming in and competing for that fifth starter job, uh, you know, against guys like Jesse Chavez, Drew Hutchison. Uh, but he'd have to really impress during uh, spring training, I think, in order to do that. I think more than likely you're looking at a situation where he starts the year in AAA Buffalo and uh, you know, he probably would be one of the first guys, as, as things stand right now, that would get an opportunity if there was kind of an injury. Uh, you know, the Jays do have the extra starter, whoever misses out between Chavez and Hutchison. But after that, there wasn't really a lot of depth at all. And they're looking to add some uh, guys that they think can come up at some point during the year and fill in. Because as we know, uh, you know, teams never get through a year uh, with just five starters. There's a need for more than that. And I think that's what they're looking for from Hernandez. Yeah, and he's a guy who's shown that in a spot-start situation, he can really be effective. I don't think he's a guy you would want to lean on every fifth day, but certainly he can come up if they need him and and be a contributing guy within that rotation. Another guy that the club brought in, Arnold Leon. They get from the A's for cash. He made his Major League debut in 2015, didn't pitch a lot, 19 appearances, had a 4.39 ERA for Oakland. Does he have a chance to make this bullpen, or is he a guy who's probably going to end up in the minors as well? He has an outside chance. I think he's probably someone that would, would come in the minors uh, again, but he, he is someone who made his major league debut in, in 2015, um, you know, around 27 years old. He's a guy who has the ability to come in uh, and compete for that job. Uh, I think something the Jays like with him as well is the versatility that he offers. Uh, you know, he's, he's someone who really kind of transitioned to more of a, a full-time starting role, um, after 2013, uh, and he's really uh, had a lot of starts over the last little bit. So that the fact that they can look at him both in the bullpen or as more minor league starting uh, pitching depth, I mean, these are just the type of guys that the Jays are looking to add right now. Um, and those are probably 
some of the you know similar type names are the ones that they're going to look at uh, in the future as well. It's, they're trying to uh, kind of build as much depth as they possibly can. Gregor, you have an article on BlueJays.com right now talking about players on this roster without options remaining on their contracts who are going to have to clear waivers at some point, and we'll see how that goes. But five of them kind of stand out that, that you focus on in the article. I wanted to go through them quickly. Ezekiel Carrera seems like he's a guy that that is only really going to have a spot on this team if the team was able to trade another outfielder, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, to me, one of the surprising things about this Jays offseason is that so far they've hung on to both Ben Revere and Michael Saunders, and it doesn't really seem like there's been a lot of traction uh, either from the from the team itself or from other teams in, in terms of rumors that have been out there. Um, but, you know, going with those two guys does tie up quite a bit of money in left field, but what it also does is it's going to tie up that bench spot as well. So, you know, as things stand right now, you look at Ben Revere as a starter and left. Michael Saunders would then become your, your fourth outfielder, pinch hitter off the bench, and someone who would probably get some starts against against righties as well. And that, that leaves Ezekiel Carrera without a job. Um, if the Jays were looking to make a move at some point in time, uh, he's someone who could be the fourth outfielder. Uh, but as of right now, he, he's on the outside looking in. Now, Junior Lake, similar situation. Does he have a better or worse chance than Carrera? It's probably about the same. I mean, he's coming in. I think there's a familiarity factor with Carrera, the fact that he he did quite well for the Jays in that limited role in 2015. So you probably have to give him a bit of a slight edge. But, you know, Lake's another guy who was in a pretty much similar situation that you know, he needs – another move to be made out there in order to, to, to be able to like be considered an actual uh, candidate during spring training. Steve Delabar was an all-star just two years ago, but, but things have kind of fallen off a little bit for him. What has been the problem, and, and when you look at him on the mound and his stuff, could he refine what made him so good a couple of years ago? Well, it's, it's a really interesting case, and he's going to be someone to watch for sure in spring training. And you know, it's it's been a little bit mysterious, and it's you know, in in some cases, it's you know, something that happens across baseball all the time is, is those bullpen arms. You you sometimes see them come and go. Um, you know, the guys who are able to find that consistent success year in and year out are very hard to come by. And, and Galabar uh, certainly has the potential. What he's run into uh, problem-wise in, in the past couple of years has been command first and foremost. Uh, he's also not missing as many bats as he did before. Uh, the strikeout rate has gone down. Um, he's always had a little bit of a tendency to run into a problem with the home run, and, and that's been an issue as well. Um, but it's really been consistency from outing to outing. We've seen glimpses uh, of what he's been able to do in flashbacks back to 2013, uh, but for the most part, that consistency hasn't been there, and he's really going to have to prove something uh, in spring training in order to lock down uh, one of those final spots in the bullpen. And then the last two guys that you mentioned in the article, Chad Jenkins, another pitcher, and then A.J. Jimenez, who... Really, as far as catching goes, it seems like this team is set. Yeah, absolutely. And from a Jays perspective, that's a bit disappointing, too, because A.J. Jimenez uh, you know, was once one of the, this club's uh, top prospects, and he's really kind of seen his stock fade over the last several years now, and it's just because there has been a complete inability to stay healthy. And uh, you know, It seems like every season that he's had, his development has been slowed because of an injury that has kept him out for, for a pretty extended period of time. And uh, the bat just hasn't been able to develop because of that. He's always been known as a very good defensive catcher, uh, but the repetition just hasn't been there over the last few years. And originally he was someone who you were probably going to look at as a, a, at least breaking into the major leagues as a backup catcher. But right now Jays have uh, you know, Russell Martin and Josh Tolley. Uh, they need Tolley for Ray Dickey, so it doesn't seem, unless there's an injury, that A.J. Jimenez has, has much of a shot during spring training. 
We're hearing rumors that Mark Burley is going to retire 16 major league seasons. He won over 200 games, 12 of those seasons with the White Sox, but then his final three years, obviously, in Toronto with the Blue Jays. Uh, They got him from Miami in a big trade after he had signed a big free agent contract with the Marlins. What did he mean to the Blue Jays organization and that rotation over the last few years? Uh, He he meant uh, everything to that uh, rotation. I mean, it was remarkable to see that, you know, I think a lot of people, probably myself included in there, thought that, you know, Burley would struggle with that transition back to the American League, especially the American League East when he came over from uh, Miami. And it's, you, you looked at a guy who just doesn't have the velocity, uh, and you thought that, you know, in some of those ballparks it, it would, you know, not, not lead to very good things for him. But, you know, he did what he always does. I mean, you put him down for 200 innings every year. It was just unfortunate to see him fall just shy of that uh, in his final game. Uh, in 2015, but you look at the body of work, I mean, you couldn't ask for a more consistent guy to take the mound every fifth day, and, you know, I think the Jays are going to miss that dependability uh, of those 200 innings, and uh, that's something he was able to provide to this staff over the last three years, and there were some downtimes in there where they really needed those innings, and, you know, more often than not, he was able to save the bullpen, and he's had a remarkable career if he decides this is, if this is, uh, going to be it for him. It's not a big surprise. I think one of really one of the only things he was probably going to be considering was you know a potential trip back to his hometown in, in St. Louis. And if that wasn't going to be able to work out, you know I, I think by the end of the season he was you know looking at other things in his life and, and prepared to step away if if, if uh, that's ultimately what it came to. You mentioned the innings, 14 straight 200 inning seasons, and then. Man, the Blue Jays sent him out on one day's rest at the end of the season to try to get him there in 2015. He comes up an inning and a third shy of making it 15 straight 200-inning seasons. Amazing consistency. Here's a guy also who didn't have overpowering stuff but threw a perfect game, threw a no-hitter where he only faced 27 batters, five-time All-Star. And then talking to we were talking to some people in Chicago over the last couple days, and his his clubhouse and what he what he meant to other starters was really remarkable too. Because here's a guy who really felt like it was it was important to him to give back to to other pitchers, younger pitchers coming up. Yeah, exactly. And Marcus Stroman is a perfect example of that. I mean, Burley really took Stroman under his wing uh, from day one, and he does it in his own style. It, it's not it's a very laid back approach. Uh, he really gets to know the guys. Uh, I think everyone. You know, is drawn to his sense of humor and big personality inside that clubhouse. And, you know, I've never heard anyone say a bad thing about him. Everyone just goes out of their way to talk about how he'll spend time uh, with each of those guys uh, and is always more than willing to accommodate. And, and Marcus Stroman, uh, time and time again, pointed to Burley as someone who's been really influential in his career. And, uh, you know, you've seen the way that Stroman has been able to adapt uh, on the field. And, and I think Burley. Uh, has played a, a role in, in the way he's been able to adapt off the field uh, in some of his preparations and just mentality around the game as well. Uh, he's, he really is kind of that gravitating presence, uh, you know, in, 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 the, in the clubhouse. We are out of time for this podcast. Gregor, thanks a lot for the time. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.